0: Welcome back to another riveting episode of the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Andy Crow and I am the Hillbilly of the group coming to you from Kentucky. It is a balmy sixty-seven degrees and windy. As all get up today. Uh, that was an extremely long intro. Glad you're here. <laughs> uh, I'm hey. joined as always by my buddy Chad. How we doing, big guy?
1: I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm coming to you from the. Uh high country of Colorado where it's a balmy 38 degrees right now
0: Ooh, oh see I don't know what it is right now I just know when I was outside oh. at four o'clock and thought my house was gonna get blown away it was uh, it was 67
1: it's a little windy here whatever leaves were hanging on from the you know changing colors they're 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 not hanging on much longer after yesterday that's for sure so not like, up here
0: my uh, my phone was like blowing up last night and this morning because we are under, this is the only time in my life I've ever heard this, a red flag watch or warning and a fire warning.
1: Oh, those are those are commonplace out here. We yeah, get red like, flag warnings and fire warnings like every other day in the I'm summer this if year. Somebody
0: at the weather service has said something that everybody's like, ooh, red flag. So I'll tell
1: you, having lived through it means you've got wind, you've got some heat and dry conditions and no humidity.
0: Yeah, that's or, exactly. or low humidity. That is exactly what the Google told me.
1: Yep. I, I've lived through that. That's
0: a that's that's a summer here
1: in Colorado.
0: So speaking of the Google, um, so as many of you know, our you know, our faithful listeners and our Canadian person that that tunes in, that we're excited and I still need you to reach out to us. Um, It's beside the point, but uh, you know, I took I took this job with probation and parole and I've started what they called Academy. Um, And so the first week of Academy is virtual. So for eight hours a day for Monday through Friday of this week, I have sat on Microsoft teams meetings and I've stared at a computer at 37 of my new closest colleagues. And I feel old. Um, Not not because I am the oldest one in the room, because I'm not. There's a gentleman there that's older than both of us. Um, But I have realized that, you know, you've talked about, you you feel like this angry old man from time to time, that you don't like anything new and and all that. (laughs) As I'm sitting in this class for the last three or four days, and So I, I take this training serious because some of it is life and death, some of it is just good information to know, um, but I, I don't want to be that guy who doesn't take it serious and then fails because that's embarrassing. Um, so I'm taking it so I'm taking notes and I'm listening, and the one, like my biggest pet peeve in classroom settings is when they say, do you have any questions? and then nobody has a question but then somebody feels like they have to talk so they raise their little virtual hand and they get called on and they don't ask a question but they give us well um so like in my office we do this or in my expense so you give these long-winded examples and instead of letting me have an extra five minute bathroom break or an extra 10 minutes on my lunch break where i can Watch of the Young and the Restless, which is my my guilty pleasure.
1: Oh, so uh, many questions. I have so many questions.
0: We can get to those later maybe. But you're giving this thing and so it's like I just want to scream, get off my lawn. <laughs> and so I, you know, I've got a couple colleagues from my my office so that I like we're just texting each other like this guy or this girl or why. And so All week, I've thought to myself, man, I can't wait to tell Chad about how I'm the angry old man in this class. (laughs)
1: It's good. Now we can can compare notes.
0: Today, we were talking about professional boundaries, and I thought I was going to fly off the rails when they're like, oh, you know, does anybody have any questions about professional boundaries? And one of the the people chime in. Well, well, this happened to me, and this is how I handled it. And I think everybody should handle it like this. And I'm like, you know what? I think, I think you need Jesus, and you should be quiet. Well, welcome to the hillbilly and the hipster. I'm Statler, and as
1: usual, I'm in studio with my good brother Waldorf. Apparently, we're the old men Muppets from the Muppet Show now. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. I, I think that's the count.
0: <laughs> oh, so I just heard Muppet. Sorry. So, you know, I remember
1: telling somebody this and they didn't believe me, but I was like, all Sesame Street characters are Muppets, but not all Sesame Street characters are on the Muppet show.
0: <laughs> that? that's
1: or, or considered the Muppets.
0: That's deep if you think about it. But I, I think that my favorite Muppets are the Muppet babies.
1: Yeah, that, that, I'm too old for that.
0: Man, that cartoon was straight fire.
1: I was too old for that.
0: I remember, old. I remember
1: my, I my watch. siblings watching that. So my old man thing this week is I, I've been I've been conferencing. Um I went to a, a pastor and ministry leader. I know I went to a pastor and ministry leaders conference last week that was nearby. Um and it was great, right? It was great. I had a great time. Speakers were great, made some great connections. They had some really awesome giveaways. Like the biggest giveaway was like a brand new um, iPad Air, Ooh. like that just dropped. Like that's the top. They gave away like earbuds. They had great giveaways. So my gripe is, you got these speakers knocking social media, talking about how we should probably stay off of it or or limit what we're on it. The only way got a
0: podcast you- about that. I think they're stealing our thunder.
1: The only way you can participate in the giveaway to get your name drawn is to do it via social media. And since I have those no social media, you should have called. I was left out. i
0: give up. have given you my social media. I should have just given you the hashtags. I should have just texted you. They could have said, "Well, Andy Crow wins," and you'd be like, "Woo, that's me!"
1: <laughs> yeah, except my lanyard didn't say
0: Andy Crow. <laughs> Do you have a sharpie? We could have fixed that.
1: <laughs> that that was my biggest gripe, but you know. But then I uh, I came back this week. the The Colorado Baptist had their state conven- convention. That was that was some good speaking through that. It was it was good. It was, it's been a good it's been a good week of of getting preached to, and uh, making some connections. I I spent some time with a well an older friend of yours on a newer friend of mine, um, who I I cheerfully told him that you were our mutual
0: sidekick. Yeah, I'm excited to hear that, though, because he's actually going to join us uh, soon as our first ever guest. That's right. On the the show, Bryce Ulrich. So that's exciting. Yeah, he's got some uh, some good stories on me, so I may skip that episode.
1: (laughs) Well, it'll just be Bryce can take over us the hillbilly.
0: Bryce can be the hillbilly for because he's from Alabama, so he's way more hillbilly than I'll ever be. <laughs> I wonder if he can play the banjo. <laughs> <laughs> Let me my first that. question to Bryce when he comes on is, "Hey, bro, can you play the banjo?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> Throwing shade at him, he's just going to come back to you hardcore. So, what 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 else has been going on? I know you're in training. What what? You're, you're preaching this Sunday you preach yeah.
0: so uh, a few weeks ago I preached at a little country church uh, that they don't have a pastor right now um, you know and I, I I stepped in a week and they they didn't run me out although I thought at one point uh, I looked back and there was a gentleman that uh, evidently doesn't know um, how to smile and uh, I cracked a joke
1: this a Baptist man, church yes. Yeah, smiling's not smiling's well, he, not. He's alive. a
0: younger guy, so I thought he was probably more smiley than what like my granddad is, uh, or I am. But I and it, I've cracked this joke before. I mean, it's a joke where my wife—you can hear her audibly roll her eyes. Like I don't even have to look at her; I know the face she's making when I make this joke from the pulpit because I've made it before. Um, and so I cracked that joke thinking I'd get some laughs and I got maybe one laugh. Cause I think one person got it. Um, and then everybody else just, just blank face stared me down. And I was like, I'm not going to make it through the sermon, but they've asked so what's, me back.
1: What's the joke.
0: So, uh, the, the rich young ruler, uh, you know, Jesus tells him to sell everything and follow him. And I make the contingent that that doesn't apply to everybody um, that it's a heart issue. Like Jesus didn't tell, um, <clears throat> and the name escapes me, um, Joseph to sell everything. You know, he didn't, he didn't tell the the lawyer to sell everything when he said, who's my brother.
1: Right.
0: And he said, everybody's your brother. You got to love your neighbor. And he didn't tell the woman at the well, to you know sell everything and he dang sure didn't tell her to love her neighbor because she evidently loves her neighbor a little too much and that was my joke i think it's hilarious Uh. dr wife does not find that funny or at least appropriate for the pulpit so yeah but no i uh they're having me back this week and next so i'm there the next next two sundays
1: so I'll give you the groaner. I'm not a joke teller in the pulpit, but my my congregation, they're used to jokes. So I've tried from, you know, from time to time or week to week. If I remember, I'll just try to use a little joke as an icebreaker. And the one I had this week was after the fall, Adam's walking with his two sons They're taking a walk and they come across where the Garden of Eden was. And it's all kind of, you know, decrepit and decaying. And Cain uh, and Abel ask Adam, they're like, Dad, what's that place? And Adam says, that's where your mother ate us, out of house and home.
0: Oh, that's good. I'm gonna, that's getting used this week. I, I will somehow work that into my sermon.
1: That was a I groaner. Know. That was my icebreaker. I've been going through Jude, but that was my icebreaker this week. And it didn't go over very well <laughs> with my folks. So we'll see how it goes over in Kentucky.
0: I'll let you know, because that's phenomenal. Um, But speaking of of things that don't go over very well, I came across this quote the other day by my man, uh, Charlie. Charlie Charlie Spurgeon drops this knowledge on us. And I came across it and I sent it to you as a a text. And I was like, this is it. This is it. Uh, This is the podcast. And it says this, avoid sugar-coated gospel. Seek the gospel that rips up. Wounds and even kills, for that's the gospel that makes alive again. Amen. Which, you know, big up to, to Chucky. But, I mean, if you, if you think about society and if you think about the direction we're going, um, I have been canceled. Maybe that's a, a bad term but by two, two left-leaning organizations this past week uh, because they <laughs> somehow, right. somehow they've gotten my information, which is hilarious to me, uh, but they've gotten my information. They sent me a text and like, hey, we need you to vote this way uh, because the right wing is trying to make abortion illegal and we want you to vote that you think it should be legal. And usually I get those and I just ignore them, but I was feeling froggy. So I jumped and I was like, and I, I, you know, I sent a text back and I wasn't rude. I was just like, why would I vote against that? And some other stuff with it. And then all of a sudden I get this text. Um, We're removing you from all of our future communications. It's not just a group. You're you're banned from moveon.org. Moveon.org does not like Carl uh, Crow at the moment um for those of you who don't know that is my actual name
1: that is your christian name uh, that, is, a that is
0: my christian name um so yeah they don't like me and i can't remember what the other one was but it was essentially the same thing um hey i hope you're voting blue and i was like and and i don't ever vote straight ticket because that's not who i am um but you know i also like to poke the bear from time to time so i was like I'm voting so red that you won't even know that purple exists. So, so let me
1: ask you this: I know this isn't on the track, but I'm I'm curious.
0: We're right, up. So,
1: okay. so midterm midterm elections, probably about a month out, right? We're inundated with with ads here. I'm sure you're probably inundated with ads there. I don't have in TV. Kentucky. All right, but do you hear things like because Kentucky's a it has no abortion right now after the repeal of Roe v. Wade? Is that correct? Am I right in that? I thought I thought abortion's banned in Kentucky. I,
0: well, so we're voting on it. Okay, we're voting to ban it this year. Yes.
1: So current. So you didn't have a trigger law. So, so currently, we, you have. We it.
0: did, but I think there was a stay put on. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. I could be getting Indiana and Kentucky confused because I've I've followed both states, and so but I, there was a trigger law, but I think there was a stay, and so we're yeah. voting on it. Yes or no in November.
1: So we have it here in Colorado's like literally the first state that ever made it legal. And it's it's pretty protected here. And to the point that if the current state of the legislature stays the same in Colorado, they're working to codify it into our state constitution to make abortion a constitutional right in Colorado. But that's the that's the the, you would think there were no other issues going on in, in local elections. Is that abortion is the number one issue, even though it's it's safe here. It's safe here for the foreseeable future. Like there's not going to be an overturn in these elections where conservatives are gonna take over the state house. It's not gonna happen.
0: So yeah, here at least in in the in the city that I live in, um for about every political campaign sign, like vote so and so judge executor, vote so and so. State representative I miss
1: I miss the small towns in the Midwest where there's those 90-foot banners in front of somebody's house for a judge with oh, his seat. photo on it. I miss those.
0: Um I have a funny story about a judge later, but we we'll get into that. Um but yeah, for every one of the like, little yard signs, there's a billboard for vote vote no. It should be a woman's choice. And in little little bitty western Kentucky where it's we are a conservative area, a conservative state, but mm, you got a good Democratic governor, though we do. But that's I mean, we that's that's par for the course here. But we we're still fairly conservative.
1: Sure, way um, more than we're on that.
0: Oh, absolutely. So yeah, there's there's been a ton of abortion, like pro-abortion, if that's even the right word, signage around where I'm at, at least. So, but anyway, let's. Let's transition from politics back to this quote. Um, In this world that we live in, especially here in the United States, and we may, uh, we've probably talked about it. I don't mean you have talked about it. Um, There has been a slow fade and by slow, I mean fast, but a slow fade that started, I really think probably, and probably before I was in middle school and high school. But right, I remember seeing it in high school, for sure, where gospel starts getting, you know, convoluted. And we start saying things because we're so worried about getting people into seats. It's less about the relationship. The church is less about relationships with each other, uh, less about relationships with Christ, and more about, I need more butts in these seats. And I've served on staff with, with guys who, who, you know, we had goal Sunday where by this Sunday, we want to be at 300. Um, and looking back at that, I kind of gag a little bit and laugh. Um, and then, you know, I've served with guys who are so anti-attractional that they become attractional um, and they're just attractional for a different platform. And so, And then they use, again, another twisted form of the gospel to get their platform taken off. But it's always been about what people want to hear to get them in the seats rather than this gospel that Spurgeon talks about that will literally take you out of the knees because it's going to make you feel a way because you're probably living a certain way that you shouldn't be living, right? I mean – and, Absolutely. And so instead of getting your ears tickled, you know, sometimes we need to hear, hey, this thing you're doing, stop. You know, sometimes good news is no. Right. Like, I, was we, remi-
1: we, I was reminded. I was reminded. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, no, I'm, I'm I'm ranting at this point. But, you know, we, we've both been a part of a, a, a tribe or a sub-tribe or a cult. Um <laughs> Where their, their thing is, you have to find out what's good news to people. And I've always been a little weary of that because good news to everyone is Jesus, right? It's not a plate of cookies, or it's not my son rolling a trash can down and up for our neighbor, which, by the way, great thing, he should be doing that. We should be helping out our neighbors with groceries and dinners, and we should be getting to know them, but that's not the good news. That's a that's an avenue, but the good news is still Jesus and what he did. And sometimes good news is being told no. Like, man, I would really love to go and do X, Y, and Z. Nobody's gonna find out. Well, the good news is no. No, you shouldn't do that because that is absolutely not what the gospel is all about.
1: So let me ask you this. So you know, and I was reminded of this this past week, you know, I think what you're describing the old and not even that many old days, right. It was the butts budgets and baptisms, right. The the three B's right. And I was reminded about the three B's. I hadn't heard them for a long time, but I was like, Oh yeah, that's what we were all driving for. But, you know, I was reminded of this, that, so there's been a trend right into, in, in, so you have guys who are, I preach the Bible, I preach the Bible, but they're text centered, right? So they're not preaching books of the Bible. They're not text driven, they're text centered. And so they're preaching at their whim. Well, this week I want to preach this. And so when you pick and choose, and, and I've been guilty of this through parts of my ministry, I, I, I do believe I'm more text driven now and I'm going through books because when you go through books, you can't, you can't throw out what you don't like.
0: Oh, Absolutely. So I have, I have Dr. Wife to thank for that because for the longest time, like in youth group, I, if I wasn't preaching through like a, a study, you know, um, the gospel project or whatever, I was preaching through whole books. Like we went through Acts, went through Mark, we were going through Romans. Um, but then on my Sundays to preach, well, I mean, just pick this story that I like.
1: Right. You were, you were picking what you wanted that. to.
0: Right, and it wasn't necessarily listening to to God. It was just, okay, it's my turn to preach. I'm still trying to prepare this lesson for the kids. So that's where all of my time is going. But now I have this, so I know this story. Let me look up some context and everything. And then she was like, why don't you do a series with the adults? Why don't you take the adults through Mark, just like you're taking the kids through Mark? And so that way they knew every time it was Andy Sunday to preach, we're going to be in Mark, right? Oh, we preached on, on you know, the, you know, devil bacon last week. Um, this week it's Disco Jesus or, you know, wherever we're at in the book of Mark, um, which, by the way, Disco Jesus is probably the best way to describe the transfiguration that I've ever come up with.
1: Do we now have a topic, uh, a show on humility?
0: It probably wouldn't hurt. <laughs> you, don't, you don't like disco jesus? Is that what
1: you're saying? No, I do. It's funny. Um, I, I, I'm reformed. I don't I, I don't like any of that stuff. Well, I, was, I, will, I want to be in a plain, I want to be in a plain sanctuary with nothing inside of it. And I want to be able to preach for four hours and and that'll make me happy.
0: My youth group is <laughs> bad, God love him. Um, but yeah, so. Let's look at the church today compared to the church when I was a kid. Let's even go way further back in the church when you were a kid.
1: But <laughs> hold that thought. So this has been a trend for a while. I mean, we see this, right? This sugarcoating. Um, we see it through quote unquote rock star preachers, who that then trickles down to, you know, to guys like you and me who are trying to keep you know yeah they we we're we're looking at the guys that have 2000 and we're trying to hold on to our 75 and try to get our 75 to 100 but do you see this accelerated through covid like i think that were guys desperate when they went to the live streams and preaching the empty seats, right do you do you see i mean i can't say this as a whole but in a in a small little micro, you know, micro unit that of of guys that I know, they seem to have turned that on during COVID because not knowing, you know, going in thinking it's just gonna be the three weeks and then it was a couple of months. And then for some dudes it was a year to really hold on to what was going to happen when we could come back together. And I think they turned on this sugar coated gospel. They turned on this
0: so yeah pick and choose. And, and the churches and I, I say churches because I help I you know I was helping out another church as well that I served in during COVID. Um, I think if you asked when we went to preaching to empty pews onto a screen, if it was to keep people in the seats, we would have said no. Um, oh, absolutely. And I think they would say no. But I think looking back, like. A good chunk of our congregation, if not all of our congregation, needed that. Um, But I think there was some, like my wife, it made sense for her job to keep her because she was still adding value, right? She was still working from home um, and stuff, but for pastors now all we we don't just work one or two days a week as people like to joke like oh yeah you spend all week prepping for you know a 45 minute sermon and then you just you know you slack off all week and um as a youth pastor i got that a lot because i didn't even pre you know they didn't see what i did with the kids on sunday afternoons is preaching but uh That's that's our primary role, right? Never mind these other sub roles where we're checking in on our flock, we're doing hospital visits, we're you know, prayer meetings and and community stuff. And I think partially it was oh my oh my god, I have to show that I'm valuable and that I'm gonna do something. And so it became like a lifeline to to show that we needed to keep our job and
1: okay, but 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 I do think that the tone changed.
0: No, yeah, and, and so that's what and I'm I, getting at. And so I think because of that, we needed our streams to, and I say we as everybody, not just me and you and the churches we served at the time, but I think we as pastors, um, we needed those numbers to to not plateau, right? We needed them to keep going. And so because of that, some of us, man, we zigged instead of zagged and and had started spring and it was a sprinkle at first, right? You just sprinkle a little bit of that sugar on it. And then next thing you know, you've got that thing they use for donuts and you're just powdering the crap out of it because it's getting, you know, butts in the seats and viewers online and all the sudden- right.
1: So, so now you're counting your butts in the seats a little differently, but because I, and I think this exacerbated also like, deconstruction got turned up to 11 during COVID. Oh, man. I mean, things happened, right? We we had the summer, you know, uh, George Floyd, COVID, all the, the, you know, everything that was going down. And I, I mean, I've seen as deconstruction doubled down, it seems that a lot of guys doubled down to become attractional to the deconstructionists
0: yeah um and I, I think we both know mutual fr- friends that that fell into that category um, oh, I was
1: part of a I was part of a church that did and no longer exists
0: right and so and this is what I want to say if you are listening and you are deconstructing your faith good for you what but this is the, i'm gonna i'm gonna take it a step further I, I think we should deconstruct our faith because we should know what we believe why we believe and how we believe sure but as Absolutely. we as we take down the walls and we start to reassemble the walls and bring our beliefs back together if you're not reconstructing your deconstructedness around Jesus keep the walls down don't put them back together you're doing no one a service so these these people that and I'm on TikTok way more than you. And by more than you, I mean any time I'm on, it's more than you.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm never on, so yes. <laughs> right.
0: So you had these people on there that are, you know, spewing this, this deconstructed evangelical-ish type views. And it's, well, you know, how could God make us this way and it not be okay? Or how could God make this And then tell us it's wrong. God, God isn't a mean dad who's going to say no, right? God's going to let us do what makes us happy, and that is a (laughs) that is a complete wrong interpretation of anything.
1: Well, we had that. We had that episode where we sussed out, "Go follow your heart."
0: Yeah, don't do. And
1: how that's the worst advice you can give to somebody. It's totally anti-gospel. Let
0: me see if I still have that Dwight Schrute. And oh, I do. He—it's uh, you to ask him a question on the office, and he'd always be like, "False." And so it's Dwight Schrute looking it says, just follow your heart. False. The heart is deceitful above all things. Follow Jesus. Amen. Yeah, that's false. Don't follow your heart. So yeah, de- deconstructing—it's a—it's a hot topic. Everybody wants to do it. I think you've done it. I've—I've I've done it. Much well, I dabbled.
1: I, I dabbled in it, and and I think, without going into too much, I, I dabbled in it to try to preserve uh, a part of my personal life, to pr- try to preserve a relationship, and and my dabbling in, in this sort of cultural deconstruction that's going around actually um, reconstructed me and made me even more conservative yeah. than so I, I been.
0: That's what I was going to say, man. I, uh, I I deconstructed and I uh, started looking at, okay, why did I believe this? And I have kind of laxed on it. And was that correct? And that uh, really I've, I've, when I built my walls back up, I've kind of come a little further right than what some of my friends and, and even some of my family would really um, appreciate i mean we have a, a running joke my my and my wife's best friend amanda um if i can get her to convert to christianity before she can get me to be a liberal um loser buys dinner at roadhouse right this is on running joke um so she she definitely didn't appreciate the uh the reconstruction that i had if you will <laughs>
1: She thought she had you as a liberal, though.
0: She did. She thought for maybe like three weeks that she had it. And then all of a sudden, uh, gotcha.
1: So speaking of liberals, do you see, and this might be a little bit harder for you because of the region you live in, but maybe through people you know, do you see deconstruction coinciding with liberalism as a political ideology? Because I've seen people deconstruct and go completely, like progressive, you know, ide- ideologically.
0: Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> a sounding yes. Um, I, I think we both know people who have fallen into that. Um, I, I can think of somebody that ha- that I know that has has deconstructed and then reconstructed, and now is got some pretty wild and out there views that you know there is no hell um, you know things that that we know to be true well maybe that's not true and maybe that's not what this means and you know now we're we're looking at issues that biblically are pretty straightforward but now right. we we're, we're okay with it because we've deconstructed and we want to get butts in the seats and we want to establish this platform
1: well and i think it's okay to have doubt right and I, and i go back to when i was a kid i had a a priest you know I, I grew up catholic and i had a priest who told me faith without doubt if you if you have if if you're a person of faith and never doubt your faith do you ever have faith Oh. And so i think I think doubts about even hardcore scripture is fine. I, I, I but I see this point of like, so those things that the, the what you're describing is I think some of those people have those doubts, but then they've taken those doubts that be that they have to be deconstructed and they have to do the cultural deconstruction and not just try to suss out those doubts and and maybe look at them, you know, even if they step back and look at it from an academic. Uh, viewpoint they you know it, it it's no longer okay to just have doubts about some of the biblical standards or about what happens to us when we die or God's sovereignty or any you could pick any of those things and now it just has to be like no you know Jesus is non binary and and Wants me to just follow my heart and have whatever I want. That to me, I know that seems, I know I'm I'm, I'm being facetious and it's probably disrespectful disrespect, to folks who are deconstructing. But in my own life, people I've
0: seen deconstruct, that's what it kind of comes down to. Yeah, so the thing your your priest said, that, that low-key just blew my mind.
1: Oh, yeah, I was about uh, 11 or 12 when he
0: told me that. So I have never heard that and never thought of it that way, but yeah, no, I'm a hundred percent on board. Um, So yeah, I I think we have the doubts and again, it's okay to doubt. I get it. I'm, you know, I'm 37. Yeah. 37. Uh, And there are times that I'm like, that I doubt like, what was it I said to a student that was, "Oh, hey, can you believe that these people believe this religion? Like it just seems so far fetched and stupid." And I'm like, "Haas, we totally believe our God is a zombie, right? Like he died, came back from the dead, and did all this miraculous stuff. Like, and without God and his his like everything, that's that's impossible to do." Right. And so it seems far-fetched, but we have this faith that through God it's definitely possible. And without it, like we're not we're not making it to the other side. So yeah, I get that that sometimes a healthy a healthy doubt, as long as it doesn't like hold you down.
1: So so let me ask you this, then we'll kind of suss out deconstruction a little bit. So I think we do see it go hand in hand. With sort of a, a liberal progressive, if you will, ideology, political ideology. Um, I think that deconstructing from the pulpit or or sugarcoating your gospel to steal from Spurgeon definitely exacerbated over the last two and a half years through the COVID thing and, and trying to bounce back. And so I think it's even turned into maybe some guys even deconstructing themselves from the pulpit. But do you see deconstruction or even maybe even it's not deconstruction but it's it's liberal theology right tied in with people who seem to be entrenched in 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 hard times and so i don't know if you know these people right we all have i think every one of us has this person in our lives i've got a couple of people in my lives who they seem to remind me of like the old Bugs Bunny. There were some spin-off Bugs Bunny cartoons where there'd be one guy walking down the street and there'd be like a black cloud and a thunderstorm over his head, raining on him all the time, right? Bad things always seem to happen to them. And we could, I mean, we could have multiple episodes on that because I I think part of that stems from generational sin. I think part of that comes from how you're living, that if you're, you know, your heart isn't, you've not given everything to God, your heart is hardened, Maybe even if it's sin, I'm not trying to be Job's friends, but I think there is some truth to that because I mean I've experienced it in my own lives when when I'm far away from God or I'm I'm slipping or something like that, right? I I feel like it's his fault, not my fault, and there's that distance. But I do think that you see folks who are in hard times, and 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 you know, I heard somebody preach this this past week, right? So, what's the difference between this guy who comes to church on Sunday and said, praise God, I'm cured of all my illnesses when y'all laid hands on me and we prayed, and and the person who's like, I still haven't found a job, right? After six months, I've been praying and praying and still can't find a job. And, and this guy used John the Baptist as, you know, the sort of the, the example in this sermon, right? John the Baptist did everything he was supposed to do. Told everybody what to do, and then he's in jail. When you know when his boys go to find Jesus and ask and come back and report to him what Jesus is doing, and he sends them to go ask Jesus if he's the one, right? He's in jail, and then he's eventually beheaded. But he did everything, right? Jesus could have busted him out of jail. God could have—I mean, God did it with with you know got Paul got Peter out of jail, got uh, got Paul out of jail. God could have did it, but he didn't, right? John the Baptist did everything. And, and so, but I do think that, is it a loss of faith for those folks? Or is the doubt so overwhelming if they're through a dark season? I mean, even like a dark night of the soul, you know, or or it just is, I, I, I can't make ends meet. That deconstruction looks sexy to them because now they
0: create a new God? Yeah, I, I think so, because... If you look at it through just that lens, there seems to be no hope. Sure. This, this new sugar-coated gospel that's being pushed, there's so much hope because it's Burger King. You have it your way. And it's the name it and claim it, right? Like, I, I have... So many thoughts on that. My sister-in-law hates when I bring up name it and claim it because I call her out on it. But I, I I think that's attractive and that's sexy because it feels like we can pull ourselves pull ourselves up based on what we want and what we can do rather than rely on him for what he can do.
1: And some of it maybe isn't even... Well, I think that name it and claim it, right? That becomes... I, I think there's a whole dark side to name it and claim it because name it and claim it really comes down yeah. to like, I, I, I want this, but it's, it's that confusing want with need. And it's a total heart issue because, but I think it's even like, it's, it's a level of antinomianism, right? It's the complete.
0: I'm going to need you to <laughs> believe that word down for me there. Chief. It's a disregard for authority. Thank you. See, why couldn't you just say that the first time? So
1: so it's the I'm covered, right? It's it's this abusive grace. I'm covered by grace. So I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep with these women. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get drunk every night, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do what I want. And because I, I can because I'm covered by grace. Because in the
0: end What is it that I had a student tell me one time, and maybe it wasn't a student, maybe it was an adult, I don't know, but I've got all this grace, and if I don't sin, then Jesus died for nothing. I might as well make Him die for something.
1: Right, but which is the whole
0: point is not to go do that stuff
1: to make because he's going it across what you talked about before about your kid rolling the trash can. He doesn't do that to get saved. He does that because he's saved. Absolutely,
0: absolutely.
1: It's the whole point of being a hands and feet. So, and this is going to be. I know I'm. I've already been canceled so many times, and apparently, like. The last the last knock I saw about me on social media when I was on social media is that um, I shouldn't be pastor of church because I end the patriarchy. So I'm not just patriarchal. I am the patriarchy. So here, everybody who's fighting the patriarchy, it's me. I am the patriarchy. knew I
0: called you dad for a reason.
1: But do you see these deconstructing folks? I don't see I don't see them having the heart of Christ. I don't see them being the hands and feet of Jesus. No, but I, I think, think they think they are, I, I, but I don't truly see them doing anything for their loved ones,
0: well, for their neighbors. They take the emphasis off of Christ, and it gets put back on them. Yeah, um, and I, I think that is that is the issue. It becomes less about him and more about me.
1: Absolutely, it's and, definitely it's very self centered.
0: And when when the gospel becomes all about me then it loses something like i don't know everything
1: and and you know and again i want to say this i mean i think there is legitimate deconstruction not to you know the piggyback on what you said before and if you are in a form of deconstructing and either learning or relearning what you need to know about jesus and about god's word i think those are good things i think the things that I'm referencing, and you're referencing. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is this very popular form of deconstruction that's moved towards you know the hashtag evangelical movement, and you know the the anti, you know all of a sudden you know um, complementarianisms from the devil, and and we could drill down to how day to day structure is at church, and the church isn't good because it's patriarchal and. You know, I hear now that God has no gender through these deconstructionists because it's it's the way they can crush the I heard God him. being
0: patriarchal. He's a good, good, or she's a good, good mother during a sure church service, and I was like, I got nothing, like this you point, know. It's like, oh, it's a good day to go to church, and you walk in and you're singing that. You're like, not today, Satan. You just turn on a Well, out. I'm walking out. But if they want to
1: change the words to Chris Tomlin's song, so be it. Um, it. It's when they start doing it. The Scripture.
0: <laughs> oh no, that's happening. So I don't mean to go down a rabbit hole, and I've lost you. No, I'm here. Okay, um, my internet's shady all of a sudden. But uh, when you said... Well, you're,
1: you're still in the 20th century in Kentucky,
0: right? Boom. Um, you said something to the... You don't want to put words in my mouth. And I got to thinking... And this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But you know, if I don't say it when I'm thinking, I'm not going to say it. So kids are on fall break. And they're going to this camp for the Parks and Rec. And they've been dreading it because they're the new kids. And evidently, my youngest... Doesn't know when to shut up. Like, he just talks. Yep. I don't know where he gets it from, but he just talks. And this kid wanted him to be quiet. And so how does he do that? He takes his whole hand and shoves it in my youngest mouth.
1: And the I, reaction?
0: I, I was just like, that's so gross for one. But two, just bite it. Well, they're five, right? Six? And how old is he now? He just turned six. and so he, That's what I thought. we five through seven-year-olds. Yeah, so sticking your hand in another kid's mouth, isn't that gross? What are we No, it's disgusting. Do you know how dirty their hands are? Oh, I do. But to them, they don't think anything of it. I don't, I don't even want to touch my kids in the afternoon when I pick them up. Anyway, back to what we were talking about. Sorry about that.
1: So, um, we need a sponsorship for Ritalin.
0: On this podcast to keep us focused. Yeah, I'm going to need something. But so I I just want to tie it back in with scripture real quick. Um, Because I think Paul knew what he was talking about. Um, If you look in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. uh, For a time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers that suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Mm. As do you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Right. I think, like, there was some stuff going on back then where he was talking to Timothy and getting him ready, and and that's great, grand. but man, you want to find Scripture that really... Hits the nail on the head for how we should be doing ministry today in 2022, right? Yeah, 2022 um, in in rural western Kentucky in East San Francisco, urban, wherever urban East
1: San Francisco,
0: urban East San Francisco for the United States as a whole. And I mean, I look at this and I think of, of people that we know and that that I legit worry about their ministry because they are the ones with the itchy ears and that are, are you know, say, only listening to those people who say what they want to hear.
1: Mm.
0: And so we are definitely in a time that people have itchy ears and they, you know, they want what's going to scratch them. They don't want what's going to chop them up. And sometimes we, you know, we just got to chop it off.
1: Well, there is that temptation to give them, I I, I don't know if it's a a desire for some of us to be liked. I Um,
0: enjoy being liked.
1: I I think everybody does, but I I think there's, well, I I think I'll I'll go back to what I said before. I think there's a difference between text-centered preaching and text-driven preaching that if you stick to text-driven preaching and preach books of the Bible, you can't, you can't, um, throw out the things you don't want to talk about. You're forced to talk about the books and the verses that you don't want to talk about that make you feel uncomfortable preaching and are going to make the people that are listening uncomfortable.
0: Absolutely. So as we as we wind things down and and are trying to. Put a bow on this. Deconstruction, reconstruction, liberal theology, conservative theology. um, I'm right, you're wrong, I'm going to sing the I'm right song. looking at this and let's look back at Spurgeon's quote. And my my thought and my hope and my prayer is, again, it's uh, we've said it, if you are in a deconstructing phase, we're not railing on you per se, right? We're not trying to beat you down um, and make you think that you're wrong because everybody should know what you believe or what they believe why they believe it and how it affects their day-to-day life. And so if you have to kind of tear down some walls to figure that out I I'm for it. Like let's do it. Find somebody to go through it with you. You shouldn't be doing that alone.
1: Absolutely. We cannot as, you cannot do this alone.
0: Yeah, doing it alone that puts you in the scary place. But as you do it and you start to rebuild those walls and you're diving into texts And you're looking at the red letters and the black letters and the, the old Testament letters, and then Paul and John and all of them. Make sure as you're building those walls back up that your, your cornerstone is the cornerstone, right? You're, You're building it with Jesus as your foundation, because if you reconstruct around anything else, what you have in your life isn't a Christian faith. It is a self self-loving faith. And that is not the same thing.
1: No, it's not. And and, and I think this conversation is reminding me of something when you just quoted that scripture before that from Second Peter and Second Peter one starting in verse three it says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Verse four, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And verse five, he really kicks it into gear. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control Second Peter 1, um, second Peter 1, verses 3 through 9. In the heart of those, right, that's what he tells us. So those, I think, ways to fight liberal theology that he urges, right, is to supplement our faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. And I do think that brotherly affections, Huge because we can't, you can't do this alone. We can't do this alone. And whether there are folks you can engage with from far away or folks that you can engage with, you know, maybe if you're in ministry and you've got somebody you've got staff members that you can engage with, or find somebody else that you can just sit with and, and pray with and have a cup of coffee with and just spend time with.
0: Yeah. And we, lean on. We would love to pray with you um you know hit us up on social media
1: at um, hill hipster pod on at the twitter
0: Your pod uh we would we would we would absolutely love to pray with you
1: absolutely and you could so, email us our email address is hillhipster at gmail.com
0: so email twitter how however um let us know how we can be praying and uh, we, we would love to do that with you on that note, my friend, what do you got going on the rest of the week?
1: Um, I'm just kind of relaxing up here in the high country I make my way down. I've got nothing really going on the rest of this week. I'm staying the heck out of Vail because it cost me $40 to park for an hour. And I bet I know what you're less not than doing. an hour and a half. I have never, A Vail was a beautiful place I'd never been. Um, Everyone I did not I did not go to find Joe Biden. We were there the same day. That's probably going to get me investigated now. But um, I was like, I'm close. I'm 25 Vail. 40
0: miles away. They hiked it up because Uncle Joe was there.
1: No, I think they're trying to keep the riffraff out. That and uh, oh, yeah. and, and I, I was definitely the riffraff that day. Oh, so. on the other side, the good side of Vail is paying for $40 parking meant it was the cleanest public bathroom. A public men's room in a public parking garage. This bathroom was so clean, it was unbelievable.
0: So on, on one hand, um, if that parking garage would like to sponsor us, phenomenal. On the other hand, I, we're what, seven, eight episodes in? Was, this is nine. This is episode nine, and we've hit rock bottom because now we're talking about public bathrooms.
1: It all, it all gets built back up again, though.
0: I mean... Ooh, I'm just glad I'm not the one that took us there.
1: What about you? I know you're going on to your training. What 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 do you what are you looking forward to in that? I know being away from your, your family for a few weeks is gonna be hard on you, but
0: being, a being week is gonna be rough. But um so there's some things that you're looking forward to with my training. Um I I
1: am. Um so And hopefully we can share with all three of you who faithfully listen. <laughs>
0: So there is, uh, there's part of my training where I have to learn tactical self-defense and all that. And during that process, I will be uh, pepper sprayed. And uh, some things, some rules have changed, and now we're able to record that for ourselves. And for
1: podcasts.
0: Our trainer has said you're allowed to have your phones on the range. Uh, so when it comes time, if you would like to record You being OC sprayed, uh, you're more than welcome to do that. I'm sure your spouse, significant other, and friends would appreciate it. Um, And I did not text Dr. Y first. The first person I text was Chad and said, hey, buddy, you got your wish. So um, I'm not sure that I can play that on the podcast um, because I have no threshold for pain. So there's no telling what might come out of my mouth. Um, but you will definitely hear stories and, and I'll send that to you, buddy. Uh, but yeah, I'm not looking forward to that at all. I think that happens in two weeks on a Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, but I'm, I'm preaching the next two weekends. I'm excited about that. Um, we're slowly getting settled into the house. So that's fun. So yeah, that's,
1: that's, that's it's my Life's all coming together in the bluegrass
0: state. Yeah, we are. You know, it's things are good. Things. Amen. Are good. So I'm, I'm excited Amen. to see what what God has going on. Where He's going to use our family. Um, yeah. So it's things are going well.
1: So I'm going to just suggest if you do uh, listen, just review us on on your favorite podcast platform. We are on we are on all the podcast platforms. My um and again listening it, because we're on Apple. That's right. Hit us up on Twitter at HillHipsterPod, or you can email us hillhipsterpod at gmail.com. Last word, brother Andy, it's all for you. Hey,
0: stay classy, pony
1: boy.